those as well. Um, I want to just welcome everybody, welcome those that have joined us online. Uh, we're just grateful for you. Today's message is in Nehemiah chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, please go there as we continue in this series. Now, last week we were in Nehemiah 9. And so uh, you might be going, well, wait a second. We're jumping over a couple chapters here, Russ, for what you've been doing one chapter a week. And there's a reason why I'm jumping ahead. And uh, in chapter 10, there's some repeat, if you will, of the last couple of weeks. And uh, so we're going to jump here to uh, chapter 12. But to recap, the last couple of weeks in Nehemiah 8 and 9, there's a reformation that's taking place in this nation, in this city, and there is renewal, and there's revival, and it ends with people putting a vow to obedience to God in writing. And then in Nehemiah 10, it picks back up again with the people ratifying and sealing their vow, and they actually even swear a curse upon themselves if they're, if they're going to fail to obey this. And if you're like me, I, I read that, and I'm like, that's not a good idea. Um, and uh, you can kind of see where that's going to go. And, but one of the things they do is they commit to some reformation. They commit to some change, things they needed to do a better job of observing, things they needed to do a better job as far as obedience goes. And one of the things is they, they needed to refrain from foreign marriage. And the big reason for that was not the issue of interracial marriage like sometimes you hear today. That's not the issue here. The issue is, is that your foreign gods will come into our land if you start to marry foreign people. That's the issue that God had. And so in some ways you can look at this like the New Testament equally yoked. You want to marry someone who is also a believer. That is from God's word, and God was serious about that with the nation of Israel. I want you with God's people. Don't go out and marry these people who aren't, because you'll cause all kinds of problems in your land if you do so. You'll bring all kinds of foreign gods with that. They also got back to observing the Sabbath in a much more intentional manner and the need to do that. They uh, also committed to taking better care of the temple. And, um, and part of that was also observing the tithe, which they had uh, become to be a little more slack in, and, and the principle of the first, and dedicating that first unto the Lord. And so you see these people begin to, if you will, rededicate their lives and the way they're doing things unto the Lord, and they make this vow. And in Nehemiah 11, it lists all these people that are occupying Jerusalem, and in chapter 12, it lists all these different priests and Levites, which leads us to our place today. This message is on thankfulness. And we're going to start in verse 27, but I want to highlight a couple of verses in regards to thanksgiving that kind of set the tone for us. And in verse 8, it mentions that priests were specifically assigned with songs of thanksgiving. Like that was their job. You roll in, it's your job, carry out the songs of thanksgiving. They're serious about it. They're intentional about thanksgiving. And in verse 24, it also mentions them holding ceremonies of praise and thanksgiving. So they're really trying to hone in on this, and it's going to lead to this parade, if you will, of thanksgiving. And uh, Macy's 
has nothing on this Thanksgiving Day parade. They are going to go around this wall. They're dedicating this wall, and they're shouting praise and glory to God, and we're going to read about that here in a moment. But before we read, I want to pray and ask that the Lord would speak to us because I believe this is God's Word. We hold to that here at Faith. We trust God's going to speak to us right now, and so let's settle our hearts for that by praying. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word and how it instructs us and it leads us and it guides us in life. And Father, I pray that you'd open our hearts to receive today everything that you have for us. Help us to lean in and be ready to respond to the word of God. We thank you for this time, Lord. May it be a blessing unto you. And Lord, help us as we live this life May your word speak powerfully into each of our lives, each of our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 27, that's where we'll start. It'll also be on the screen. For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem and from the villages of the Netophilites. They also came from Beth Gilgal and the rural areas near Geba and Asmaveth. For the singers had built their own settlements around Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites first purified themselves. Then they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I led the leaders of Judah to the top of the wall and organized two large choirs to give thanks. One of the choirs proceeded southward along the top of the wall to the dung gate. Hoshaiah and half the leaders of Judah followed them, along with Azariah, Ezra, Meshalem, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah. Then came some priests who played trumpets, including Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of Madaniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zachor, a descendant of Asaph. And Zechariah's colleagues were Shemaiah, Azarel, Meliah, Giliah, Mai, yes you may, Nethanel, Judah, and Hanani. They used the musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led this procession. I wonder how many babies after this Nehemiah series will carry any of these names in our congregation. At the fountain gate, they went straight up the steps on the ascent of the city wall toward the city of David. They passed the house of David and then proceeded to the water gate on the east. The second choir, giving thanks, went northward around the other way to meet them. I followed them together with the other half of the people, along the top of the wall, past the tower of the ovens, to the broad wall. Then past the Ephraim gate to the old city gate, past the fish gate and the tower of Hananel, and on to the tower of the hundred. Then we continued on to the sheep gate and stopped at the guard gate. The two choirs that were giving thanks then proceeded 
to the temple of God where they took their places. So did I, together with the group of leaders who were with me. We went together with the trumpet-playing priests, Eliakim, Masaiah, Meniamin, Micaiah, Elionai, Zechariah, and Hanani, and the singers Masaiah, Shemaiah, Eleazar, Uzai, Jehoianan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer. They played and sang loudly under the direction of Jezreiah, the choir director. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day, for God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children also participated in the celebration, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. On that day, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the offering, the first part of the harvest and the tithes. They were responsible to collect from the fields outside the towns the portions required by the law for the priests and Levites. For all the people of Judah took joy in the priests and Levites and their work. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as commanded by David and his son Solomon, and so did all the singers and the gatekeepers." The custom of having choir directors to lead the choirs in hymns of praise and thanksgiving to God began long ago in the days of David and Asaph. So now, in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel brought a daily supply of food for the singers, the gatekeepers, and the Levites. The Levites, in turn, gave a portion of what they received to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. Well, in the midst of this chapter, there's a number of things in regards to this Thanksgiving Day parade and all that was happening. You see this spirit of thankfulness, this posture of gratitude by the people that led them then into the temple where they continued to worship. With today's message being about thankfulness and gratitude, there's scientists and psychologists and Physicians that would all agree that gratitude goes a long way. Here's some things that are just the natural outflow of being thankful. There's increased happiness, and you're in a better mood. You have more satisfaction with life, and you're found to be less materialistic and less likely to experience burnout. You're in better physical health, and you're getting better sleep, and you have less fatigue. You have lower levels of cellular inflammation and you have greater resiliency and you're also developing patience, humility, and wisdom. Now that list that I just gave you, I've actually pulled from a secular source. But I think you and I can look at that and say there's a supernatural effect to living lives full of gratitude. There are things that begin to flow out of you that are these very things that I just listed. A couple weeks ago, Brady and Judah and I took north to Wisconsin on a Sunday afternoon. Now, prior to that, we needed to get the truck just road ready for a distance trip like that. So I had it in the shop. They found a few things just to tweak, get it, you know, running a little bit better for what they were seeing. And uh, as we did that, I had it in there a couple days, and I got it back on a Friday. So we had Saturday, depart on Sunday. Saturday, I had some errands to run in Manson, and I'm driving down the street in Manson, 
and this thing starts acting like it's possessed. I mean, the ABS system light is going off, and I've got another light going off, and this ain't Christmas. This is frustrating. And I'm going, what in the world? I just had this in the shop, and it's acting goofy, and and I'm convinced. I was going to get gas, and I'm like, if I shut this thing off, it may not start again. And that was the case. It didn't. Thankfully, there was somebody there that was able to jump my truck, and I had other errands to go, and I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, the battery drained, and somehow, by a miracle, we were able to get this thing started, but the battery's not holding the charge. So if I keep it running, perhaps this thing will bring it back to life. So I'll leave this running while I'm running the errands, only for the next location that I arrive to, this thing is not getting better. It's getting worse, in fact. And um, it got to a point where I, like, I feel like I need to go home because this errand is not going to be complete. I'm going to die again, and then, as far as the car... Okay, and I put this thing in reverse, and it jumps on me, and I just, I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I, I throw the towel in on this thing. And when you're having car trouble and you just don't know what to do, who do you call? Joe Butcher. That's right. So, Joe, I gave him a call. I said, Joe, the shop is closed today. I'm supposed to leave for Wisconsin. S-O-S, I need help. And Joe was very busy that day, but was gracious enough to give me a moment of his time in passing through one town that he was running an errand in. And as we sort of went through the list of what was going on and the diagnosis came about, we felt like maybe it was the alternator. Well, where are you going to pull that out on a Saturday? I mean, that's not just something you can normally whip off the shelf. That's a part sometimes you got to order based on your vehicle. Well, thankfully, a place in Fort Dodge had it. They had one of them. And so I booked it to Fort Dodge, and Joe and I happened to meet at the intersection going into town. That's the timing of all of this. And we roll right into the shop. He's able to replace the alternator. And then to boot, he throws in an extra battery just in case there's something else going on. And I was thankful for that because by the end of that night, I was already putting that battery in because that was bad too. And so you look at that and you're thinking, are we even supposed to go on vacation? You know, are we supposed to be able to have that time off where we can just be together as a family? This is not working out. And Saturday, I'll be honest with you, when all that was going on, I was a little bit uh, frustrated. And perhaps you can relate to moments like that, but I will say there was something sort of speaking to me in the midst of that is be grateful because imagine if this would have happened on I-35. Imagine if you'd have been at the mercy of a shop where they don't know you, they don't know your character, they don't know your previous business, and so they're just going to charge you whatever they feel like charging because you're at their mercy. God provides somebody that, that you know that can help you out, and we're able to get this thing fixed so that we can make it on this journey, and everything went well. Perhaps you can think of moments in your life where you can reflect on that and you say, you know what, even though I was frustrated, I can see God's hand of grace in the midst of that. He's actually helping you if you can just take a second and say, okay, Lord, what are you doing? Perhaps you're maybe sparing us from a whole world of headache down the road. As we break this passage down, there's really a couple verses that we're going to focus in on, and the primary one is verse 43. 
And there's a few aspects to thankfulness that I want to point out today. And the first one is praise is a sacrifice. And that might seem kind of like odd or maybe hit you a little bit to think about praise being a sacrifice. In verse 43, it says, Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day. These people are bringing their sacrifices. And when I think of what it means to bring a sacrifice unto the Lord, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you want my time. You know, you want my service. You want my resources. You can go on down the list of the kind of sacrifices that we should be making in the kingdom. Do we ever think about thankfulness? and praise being a sacrifice to the Lord. Kind of interesting that I would say that. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews 13, verse 15. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The Bible calls praise, the Bible calls thanksgiving a sacrifice. We don't always think of it that way. But it goes on to say that the fruit of lips that are openly professing Jesus' name. That's what a sacrifice of praise is. It's the fruit of lips that are professing Jesus Christ. So in other words, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, the natural outflow, if you will, the supernatural outflow of your mouth should be gratitude. That's a byproduct of being a believer, the fruit of lips. You don't get cherries off an apple tree. You get apples off an apple tree. And the Bible says the fruit of people who confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the fruit of that will be praise. And so we ought to speak from a heart of gratitude. Michael Youssef says, God is glorified by a thankful heart. You and I, we're created to glorify God. And when we're not thankful, when we lack gratitude, we are not bringing glory to God. And perhaps we need to do a little bit of a heart check and say, God, why do I have the attitude that I have right now? Help me break out of this funk and into a heart of praise. Another point here. There is a reason for praise. In verse 43, it flat out says, God had given the people cause for great joy. You think about where they had been, right? This city's in ruins. They'd been attacked and and ravaged and, if you will, destroyed And they're in despair, and yet these people come to help rebuild the temple and the wall. And now they've got this celebration and this parade. And it says, for God had given them reason to praise. Has God given us reason to praise? Has God given us reason to be thankful? I believe he has. You think about what he's pulled you out of as far as a life of sin and destruction and despair, and he's given you new life. God has given a great cause for his people to be filled with joy, yet every day his people can walk around 
with an attitude that doesn't reflect joy. God has given us a reason for great joy. And I encourage you to to write those down. When you go to Him in prayer, speak those out. Thank Him for all that He's done. We had that slide at the beginning of the service that showed the stack of prayers that was like the, the please list and then just a couple on this side of the desk that was the thank you. Often we run to God with this litling list of things that we need for Him to do, but do we come to Him with that list of things that we're going to praise and thank Him for? Another aspect of thankfulness is that it impacts the home. So in verse 43, as we continue, it says, The women and the children also participated in the celebration. Now let me just flip the script there on that. Let's think about our own homes. Has there ever been a time where somebody in the home is having a bad day? Maybe a bad attitude. And then what happens is, is it affects other people in the home. Hey, some of you are looking at me like, never. I, you're crazy. That must just be you. Okay, we can be a little real here. Okay, we don't have to come to church and put a, a mask on and, and think, well, you know, that's your life, but I got it all put together. But let's face it. How we respond with gratitude impacts our family. It impacts those in our home. Brady, was I a little bugged with the truck a couple weeks ago? It may have spilled out of me a little bit when I got home. I was a little frustrated. And Brady was also there to remind me, well, thank goodness that didn't happen while we were on the road, you know. But we can bring that kind of attitude to the table, and it absolutely impacts the whole family. Mom's in a bad mood. Dad's in a bad mood. The kids are in a bad mood. And it's just like this old, you know, pity party. We're all mad at each other, and we're not going anywhere. But if you go back to the impact that this had, these men were praising and giving thanks, and it impacted the rest of the home. I feel led to say this, but it's important to recognize for the men in the room, your attitude is important because the rest of the home will follow suit. There's a responsibility to men on that one. The next thing is thankfulness witnesses to others. It's a witness to other people. We talk about this parade. In verse 43, it says, And the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. And they're going from place to place, from this part of the wall to that part of the wall and that part of the wall. I want you to think about your day, the places you go, the people that you connect with and you meet. It's like, a, if you will, a daily parade. You go from your house maybe to the local supermarket. Then you go to the gas station, and then you go to here. And as your parade each day is happening, is it one of thankfulness and praise, or is it one of complaining and grumbling? Because here's what happens. It affects the people around you. Just like in the home, 
Now it affects the people that I bump into in the community. And it's a witness. So if people know that you profess Christ and then they see you lacking gratitude, what does that say to them about being a believer? Well, that just looks like so much fun. I want some of that too. They look to be so happy. Clearly, God has changed their life. I want that. You know, if we're grumpy, we diminish the picture of the joy of Jesus. And so it's a witness to people. It's a witness to others. We think about the the kind of impact that just being in a good mood and having that gratitude and that thankfulness, leave, leave a store with people going, whoa, what's different in their life? They are so full of joy. It just spills over, and you can just see the gratitude and how they act and where they, they lead conversation. And here's the thing, you can bring life into conversations where it just seems like there's nothing to be thankful about. Hey, you can get into an environment where it seems like, oh, yeah, did you see this? And did you, did you hear this? And all of a sudden, it's like this bad news like game. Like, can I just dish out a little more bad news? I've got some even more bad news. And what about somebody that just comes in and says, you know what? You know, I got something that's above all of that. Here's all these things I'm thankful for. What are some things you're thankful for? You can change the temperature of a conversation with stuff like that. And as far as witness goes, you know, I I talk about going here and going here in this parade. But let's face it, one device that it seems like a lot of people are on these days are these smartphones. And we go to social media and something can happen And sometimes one of the first things people want to do is, I just want to tell the world how frustrated I am. Well, what a great witness for Jesus. You know? Let's use every platform to give glory to God and bring him praise and thanksgiving. The last point here from verse 45 is thanksgiving. A thankful heart leads into service. Verse 45, talking about the priests, it says, they performed the service of their God. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned that you and I, as followers of Jesus, were a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood. You are a priest if you are a follower of Christ. The New Testament gives you that title. And so this isn't just a, oh, Pastor Russ, other pastors I know, they perform God's service. No. Thankfulness leads God's people into service. Out of gratitude for what God has done for you, what should happen is this thought and this desire and then this action to where we say, I want to serve in God's kingdom. Because of what he's done for me, I want to go and do this for him and for others. We live in a culture that is so self-saturated that here's what people want out of God. I just want to know that I'm going to heaven. 
And then after that, I'm just going to do my own thing. But here's the thing. Are you truly thankful for God's redemption in your life? Because if you are, the response is, I am serving in the kingdom. Day in, day out. What are things that I can do in response to what God has done for me? In closing, I want us to look at verse 35. It says that some priests came who played trumpets. Now, that may not be a verse that just, man, that hit me, you know. I mean, how many of you are trumpet players in here? Perhaps there might be some online. Okay. What's the big deal about the trumpets here? When I was walking through the Life Application Bible on this, it actually pointed back to chapter 4 where this, the trumpets were used as a way to warn the workers of attack and imminent danger. You think back to when they were working on the wall, and you think back through this series as we broke down the spiritual warfare that was taking place and, and the constant attacks the enemy was trying to do while the people of God were trying to do the kingdom work. And I want you to put yourself in their shoes circumstances are dire. You're just trying to rebuild. You're laying one stone after the other. And if you remember in one of the messages I talked about, the people would work with one hand and they had their, their hand on the sword just in case the enemy showed up. And they had these people that would warn when, if the enemy was to come with a trumpet. So imagine what goes on inside your mind when you see the trumpet. This is an instrument of warning of the danger in the midst of the trial and the valley that they were in while they were trying to get out of this. And now the work is done. Transformation has happened both in these buildings and walls and now in people's hearts. And this same instrument is pulled out. But it's used for praise. There's a change. You see, this is how God works. Because sometimes we might find ourselves in situations that are very dire, very difficult. But what happens is, is God walks with us and God helps us to put one foot in front of the other. When we get to the other side of the valley, we have a new or a different perspective. And it's different because of things that we've learned in the valley, but also the things that we can look back and say, God, I'm so grateful that you were with me working these things out along the way. It's a perspective change. There's a difference now. And I think those are things we need to hang on to when maybe we're walking through tough stuff. To hang on because God will see you to the other side. I want to show you this video that's called Blessings in the Chaos.
Even in the midst of storms and struggles, there's things that we can look at and say, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. God has blessed me with this. We can list those things. How many of you know that gratitude affects your attitude? And a lack of gratitude also affects your attitude. It's important to have that posture of thankfulness because that is what glorifies God. That's what you've been created for is to glorify Him. And so if you've been in a funk, if you've had a, an attitude, if you will, and don't be trying to think of people that need to hear this message. Let's look inward. Are there things in my own life where gratitude is lacking? The world seems to offer people so much to the point where we begin to compare your blessings with my blessings. And then I feel like somehow I got gypped. Right? I got short, short end of the stick. I got short-handed, if you will, because look at what's going on in that person's life. And, and when you do stuff like that, you're setting yourself up to be ungrateful. Be thankful for the things that God has given you. And out of that gratitude, there's worship. They went on this parade of praise and thanksgiving, and then they went into the temple. Think about that for a moment. Yes, you came here, or you tuned in to worship. But the parade of thanksgiving and worship went into the temple. It does not stop when we end this service and you walk back out. 
Your life is to be this constant parade of thanksgiving. About a week went by on our trip and I was home and Joe called me and I figured no news was good news, right? Things must have went well and I said yes they did and in fact Joe since we made these changes on this truck it's actually running a lot better than it was before. So not only did this mishap and this fix that took place on that Saturday before we left save us from being stranded or on the side of the road that inconvenience that was actually God's grace actually made our experience that much more of a blessing. And sometimes when we don't know what's going on or what God may be up to, trust Him to see things through to the other side. So my question to you as we close is, how is the Spirit of God speaking to you this morning? If praise is a sacrifice, and you think about the sacrifices that we make, there's certain things that we have to surrender when we make a sacrifice. If I'm going to give you my time, there's another area that I'm surrendering in order to give you that time. If I'm going to give you resources, there's resources that could go other ways that I'm surrendering in order to give you those resources. And if praise is a sacrifice then what are areas of our life that we need to surrender and say, God, this is an area where I've got a bad attitude and I need to surrender this to you. This is an area where I feel like I am walking through this and I don't understand why and sometimes it just makes me upset. Why? Surrender that. What are things that we need to surrender? Is there a need for some perspective change? Is there any area in your life that lacks thankfulness? Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into that. Let us close in prayer as we respond today. Father, you give us so many things to be thankful for. Oftentimes, we're ungrateful Oftentimes we go through the motions and we don't really consider the reasons that you have given us to be thankful. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come, speak into our hearts, develop in us a lifestyle of gratitude. And Father, we, in this sacrifice of praise we thank you for your grace and your mercy extended toward us through Jesus Christ as he went to the cross to pay the penalty and the price for sin so that we could have life we could have fellowship with you we could have a home in heaven a bright future but to recognize what that means for the here and the now you give life abundantly your blessings that are poured out. We thank you. And as we consider things that we should surrender unto you, perhaps there's someone listening. Maybe there's a 
a tugging on your heart of, of the fact that maybe you feel like you're disconnected from God. Perhaps you've wandered and maybe gone astray or maybe you're listening and you've never really considered what it means to put Jesus into the equation of your life and have him transform you. If you desire that today, I want to lead you in this prayer to receive him and to surrender your life to him. Simply pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, today I surrender. I surrender everything. And I ask that you would come and and you would forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Make me new. Change my life. Change my heart. And move me into a new direction. Your direction. And help me to live for you from this day forward. Thank you for your great sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for drawing me in by your grace to receive you today, to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for eternal life. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close this service this morning, I just want to take a moment that if there's somebody in the building or perhaps online that you surrendered your life to Jesus, today you received him into your life. We want to equip you with a resource for the next steps in your faith journey. We have this resource called Now What? If you're in the building, these are on our welcome desk. They come with a Bible. Feel free to take one of these on your way out today. If you are watching online and you would like this, you can go to faithccpalmer.org forward slash now dash what. And there's an electronic version of this resource. And there's also a place there where you can, you can indicate a desire for a Bible and we will send you one.